Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. A global conspiracy. International bankers. What was he saying? Follow the money, honey. For world domination. Thousands of years of waiting. Generation. And you have made it possible. Now we are ready. Until in an instant, the world is changed. Cloud 10 Pictures, in association with Namesake Entertainment, proudly present Kirk Cameron. This is insane. People don't just disappear. Brad Johnson. I know where Mom and Rainey are. Chelsea Noble. They're not here. They're not anywhere. And Clarence Gilliard. I knew your message. I knew your words. Left Behind, the movie. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Damie Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainDamie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Lovecchio, and with me as always is Mark Myers and Dan Aquino. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, have have you read the best book ever created? The Bible? Dianetics? I think I was right. I think I was Mark, right? Yes, okay. you were. You were. You were a good son. <laughs> if it helps, I took a theology class in uh, college. Does that count? Would you Would you have a good enough arm to throw a ball at a cross and knock it over in a church? Uh, I barely had a good enough arm to make it from third base to first base, so <laughs> I, yes. I don't think I could. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Mark is alluding to that it is Easter Sunday this weekend. And to celebrate it, we watched the worst Christian propaganda movie of all time. Yep. And none other than Kirk Cameron's Left Behind, colon, the movie. Oh, that's part. <laughs> that's actually part yeah. of the title. Yep. <laughs> oh, because it was weird. When I was asking what movie we were watching, and you said Left Behind, the movie... I just figured, for, for some reason, you were just calling, just saying that it's the movie, not that it was actually a part of the title. That's upsetting. Nope, it is left behind, colon, the movie. Yeah, this, uh, is, this... is more propaganda than even um, Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. Yes, uh, this was the, the original version of this movie. Um, if you don't know, it was redone in 2014 by with Nicolas Cage in the lead role. Really? Um, they kind of combined characters, created uh, Buck Williams is the pilot in the movie, and uh, it has very little Christian propaganda in it. Um, oh, good. Yeah. That, it's going to be, well, I'll get on with my point later. Okay. I, say. <laughs> I was waiting. Are you leaving us in suspense? Like, yeah. I'll let you run through the thing and then slightly upset by hearing that. Uh, um, 
It is uh, came out in 2000, directed by Vic Sarin. Currently stands at a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.6 score on IMDb. So, gentlemen, I just want to kind of briefly ask you, when did you let Jesus Christ into your life and hearts? Uh, when I was forced to by my parents. <laughs> I don't think that's the correct first response to that question, Dan. <laughs> Uh, I, I, listen. Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah maybe, maybe that came out a little harsh. But yeah, I had no plans on letting anyone into my life. And then they just they decided, yeah, you're going to you know Sunday school and all that. And Jesus was more thrust upon me than allowed in. Yeah, I, I did the, uh, it's going to sound like prison time. I did 12 <laughs> years in Catholic school. Um, you poor yes. man. So... A lot of this is, you know, all, all that stuff. When when you get it, I I don't know if forced down your throat is a is the right way to phrase it because I didn't resist it when I was that young, you know. So it wasn't technically forced. That's all I really knew. But yeah, it's you know, once you start reading history and and stuff like that, you can see some of the stuff that they teach you. You're like, oh well, that kind of is really this that it, there's all this evidence for. Right. Well, you once know, you start thinking for like yourself. That. Right. Yeah. Once you start thinking for yourself, you realize, oh, this makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I guess disclaimer: I might bash religion pretty hard on this, but <laughs> I, I am not anti-religion really. Right. So I, yeah, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, this guy's yeah. a soulless heathen. Yeah, my feeling is I'll always open, keep open the possibility that there is something I don't know. Right. I yeah. never fully believe I know the answers to everything. So could there be something? Sure. Um, the, the, the beauty of Christianity is you could go your whole life without believing it, and then right before you die, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I believe, and boom, you're good. Uh, Catholicism. <laughs> Wait, what, what does Homer say, Aunt? Uh, when when they ask what he follows, well, what's the what's that religion with all the uh, the made up stuff? Where well, I, I forget exactly what the line is, but he basically <laughs> says, uh, "What's the stuff when you can have as much fun as you want and repent at the end?" <laughs> right? Christianity. Christianity. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember I remember telling people like what there's no harm saying that you believe in it because if you're wrong there's nothing there but if you're right then boom you're eternal happiness eternal right. life the nice cynical <laughs> pragmatic way of thinking about religion for exactly. me I let Jesus into my heart when I'm with my first wife who was devoutly religious and I was an airline pilot <laughs> and I thought she was silly until one day Came home to find she had been <laughs> she had been uh, raptured. Taken, raptured by the uh, Lord. Yeah, I, I that was a hard time. Book, for you. Opened up the good book and I found Jesus that way. Um, no, same thing. CCD up until I was in seventh grade, and my parents were like, "All right, you're confirmed. I don't give a shit what you do at this point." <laughs> uh, oh, so I, I'm the only one that had to forcefully take theology classes for twelve years. <laughs> I I took one theology class in college. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I said, same here. And I did that on my own. Yeah. Getting that nice uh, general education uh, credit. Uh, nice and credits. easy. Theo 101. <laughs> well, my, my class was at 8 o'clock in the morning, so it was kind of... And I did that on purpose, I'll remind you. So I, I kind of... I, I find religion interesting when it's done correctly. And this movie is not the case when it comes to that. I mean, there, there's a there's a time and a place for religion, and religion has its has its benefits as well as yes. it has its um, negatives. Um, this movie is its negatives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the uh, 
that, that movie Dogma, when George Carlin says the Catholic Church, Church never makes mistakes, this was one of those mistakes. Mistakes yeah. have been made. Yeah. Um, it's, this is probably less of a Catholic movie and more, yeah, it's more Christianity. Uh, it's Pro- a very, it's a very, very specific uh, form of Christianity that um, Kirk Cameron uh, aligns himself with. Uh, so it's all, it's almost fringe. It really, he's he's an he's technically an evangelical Christian, but uh, people that really put into their um, the idea of uh, the end times prophecy, yeah, uh, really takes that to heart and shit like that. As what basically all this movie is about. It's there. This is based on a 16 book series uh, by, and I could probably look that up very quickly, written by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins, um, who apparently did not like this movie at all. Did not feel like it was. It wasn't religious enough. Uh, I think they felt felt like it wasn't good enough. Oh, okay. Uh, the nail on the head. Specifically that... dealing with Christian dispensa- dispensationalist end time. So they okay. didn't like that it dealt with it? No, they just didn't think it was a good movie. They were disappointed with the, the production value. Okay. They were so actually we... half pleased with the the one with Nicolas Cage. They were pleased with it? They were. Okay. So because that just... one really, it's it loosely based, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Because this movie is very... You know, heavy-handed with it, obviously. Yeah, and it's super anti-Semitic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, we'll... we've sorry. we've watched almost thirty movies now, um, right? It may be so over. Uh, we've watched thirty movies, and there have been some uncomfortable moments. Uh, for some reason, there's a more often than not, there's some sort of rape scene or a sexual assault going on in these movies. But I have not been more uncomfortable than when Kirk Cameron utters the word the Jews and the Arabs. He just has he just puts the stank on it. Yeah. That just feels like he's dropping the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when I was listening to him talk, I really didn't know how to how to take what he was saying. You know what I mean? It was like I get the message that he was trying to convey, but I, I didn't know why, I guess. I didn't understand the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. Is it just that, is it, is he really anti-Semitic and is he a truther or anything like that? I, I don't know his backstory. Right. So uh, again, he's one of these guys that are super into the prophecy of the end times. And okay. part, part of that, uh, the, the prophecy of the end times is very, it's like Jewish religion has a big role in that prophecy, specifically yeah, okay. with their, with their existence in the Holy Land. So a lot of that, um, this movie does have that whole idea of them building the temple in the Holy Land. Um, and them being in that Holy Land is kind of the um, the sign of the end times. When Israel was uh, first um, created in like 1946, a lot of evangelical Christians believe that to be the sign of the end times. Okay. Uh, because the, so, the Israelites have returned to the Holy Land. So are, is the reasoning behind the disappearance of everyone in, in this movie, is that why? Because the Israelites are building the temple on the Holy Land? Because it's weird because I thought, you know, in the beginning, he's talking about a crop that's sprung up in the desert of uh, Jerusalem, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good thing. 
and they're talking about getting ready to, you know, feed the world's population because somehow they can now. And so, and they're they're suddenly attacked, but it's not by Israel, right? It's, it's by Palestine. Muslims. Muslim. So I guess yeah. Do, do, do they say any specific Muslim group? Uh, the when they're quoting the Bible, it's enemies from the north. Okay. Which, if you know geography, probably means Iran. Okay. Probably. <laughs> so so at that point, the, the like the the enemy airships are blown out of the sky somehow. I guess it's an act yeah. of God. Yeah, it's yep. part of the Bible verse. Okay. And so that's another Christian. But th- then that doesn't make sense if... God is protecting this essentially right. what happened to Plainsville. But why would they do that if the Israelites are bad? It's just... Religion in general is confusing. And this this movie adds to that, in my opinion. Because I don't know who's supposed to be there, who's not supposed oh. to be there. If And again, not a theologian. But I believe the reason why he does, you know, the stuff, God, is because the prophecy has to play out. Okay. So, you know, this has to happen. The Antichrist has to come. He has to build the temple. He has to sit on the temple for seven years. It's the worst seven years on earth. And then Jesus comes back and brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. Okay. That's essentially why, you know, and the, if, again, haven't read the book in a long, long time. Um, or at least the book? Re- you mean the good book? The good book, Revelation specifically. <laughs> um, that I believe the at least probably in the King James version or whatever this doomsday one believes in that the like in this movie the the Israelis have something to do with the Antichrist building his temple, his church or his temple. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they're the bad guy. So you see, now I kind of got thrown off track with this movie, and I don't know if this happened to you guys. So you have Kirk Cameron's uh, Buck, and he's a reporter for GNN. Mm-hmm. And so I thought... It I really was... hope that's meant God's News Network. Or... I, thought, <laughs> I don't I think like that's global. what I was thinking, too. I thought it was a like global network. That's I'm sure it was global. So I figured it was going to follow him throughout the movie. And then you go to the airline pilot. Who, I'm, I'm assuming he's adulterous yep. because yeah. he's, uh, he's banging an airline stewardess. Yeah. Played and... by Kirk Cameron's wife. Ooh, I didn't know that. Very good. Uh, this adds a whole new layer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it, it goes over to him, and you have his whole story. And it never really connected. I, I, I get because she disappears. She uh, She's raptured, I guess. But it didn't add anything to the movie, did it? I mean, like, I know they meet up, and he's his flight back to New York or whatever. Yeah. But his story could have probably been lifted out, and it wouldn't have made a difference to the movie. Any opinion on that, Mark? I guess um, that's true, but the whole reason for the... There's, there's two reasons for most of that story. Okay. Um, and it all has to do with this being very much Christian propaganda. Okay. One, you have to establish, and Kirk Cameron even has the line in this, um, that it's not so much looking at the people that were taken, it's why were the people left behind. You know, so okay. you got the adulterer, you got the uh, non-believing uh, daughter, um, mm-hmm. all the children are gone, you know. Okay. They, they say that. Those pure-hearted um, babies. The, where, did, um, where did the dogs go? They were still around, apparently, because they were dogs. They, they go straight to the hell. Uh, um, Damn it. They have uh, no souls, Bailey. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> then, no then the, the, deacon, the deacon is there because he wasn't true of faith. He was just reciting it. He didn't uh, really okay. believe. Right, so, right. And, you know, and so he's that the was, one with the videotape, right? Yeah. Okay. So, 
you know, that's the whole reason those stories existed. And reason two is they needed to introduce Hattie, who becomes basically the Antichrist's right-hand person, the flight attendant. Yeah. So oh, that's that, right. Because she works for those globalists at the UN. Yeah. So <laughs> the that, evil that, UN. Yep. And just sitting here thinking, third reason is they need a catalyst to bring in the Christianity. So the yeah. whole pilot story is that catalyst. I, I just, I didn't, to me, it was It more, doesn't need to be there. Right. Yeah. It, you could have him there to, you know, obviously get Cameron from point A to point B. But then you have the whole espionage where guys are, you know, snipers are taking pot shots <laughs> at him. And then cars are blowing up. And it's just like, what are we getting at here, man? My like, favorite part. What do you want favorite, this to be? My favorite part of the sniper scene is that he lines up Kirk Cameron like first, a few times, and then, he's, and then he slowly pans over to the computer, which would have made more sense if he just shot Kirk Cameron first yeah. and then <laughs> shot the computer. Right. Yeah. There'd be no reason to shoot the computer if you get Kirk Cameron. Yeah. It's... Well, I mean, you could destroy the computer so you don't have to keep shooting anyone who sits in that chair. <laughs> also, he he just shoots the monitor. Yeah. That, that's the hard drive is still intact unless it's an i it's unless it's old school iMac I don't remember <laughs> yeah I mean, this was in 2000 so it's possible but I think it was just a regular you know Dell or IBM but yeah shooting way the, back then <laughs> shooting the monitor doesn't stop you from getting what you need <laughs> and, and this whole discussion brings to the point that I stammered on when we found out about the Nicolas Cage movie is that. The whole movie is has a pretty good while paint by numbers setup if you just remove the religion part. Like the whole the whole scene in the deacon's office when he's watching the tape, that whole, you know, finding the religion again and all that. You just lift that from the movie, the whole thing, it's still a pretty solid B spy thriller. You Becomes know, endgame. You know. Right. Essentially. Well, it's Avengers Endgame. You know, I, I thought it was more of a, this is the end. You know, it's uh, just a bunch of douchebags are left behind. They're, they're, yeah. they're trying to figure out why. Now, like, why is Kirk Cameron left behind? Is he is he, left he was behind he to... wasn't a believer. Yes. So what if I thought he was? No, nope. he finally accept, accepts God at the end. And he finally realizes that uh, the whole plot was true. Yeah. And then he realizes that Carp. I don't know. Does he realize that uh, Nikolai uh, is the Antichrist in that moment, or does it he take? Does. Yeah, okay. God shows him according at to the Wikipedia. UN, right? Yeah, yeah. God like... reveals that UN Secre- Secretary General Nikolai Carpathia is the Antichrist. I liked that part. My favorite part of the movie was finding out that the uh, was the one security guard is from like Jersey City. Nikolai, <laughs> 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 you're so and so from Jersey City. That's right, sir. Give me your gun. Okay. I'll, I'll admit this. That guy did a really good job in that scene. He did. He they got he playing really the did. Antichrist. Uh, Gordon Curie. Yeah. You yeah, let me well, down. I thought you were talking about Mr. Well, he him was too. Like, super excited. Yeah, that's right. Hey, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. You know me. <laughs> that's me. But just the... And this is obviously on a... It's a low, low scale of good. But just right. the way his... You know, the attitude changes in the character. And he just slowly gets more sinister as he walks around the table and explains it, you know? And yeah, I keep going. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that, that made a good villain in that scene. And like I I'm said... Not gonna, I'm not a, going to agree, only because I'm not going to give this movie any 
Any positives? Because I hated okay. this movie. I'll look at that. Fine. I was gonna say I'm struggling. I'm really struggling to pinpoint any part. You know, like anything that sticks out, other than the car blowing up, the sniper, and Jersey City guy. I, I, this I, is just a very bland. This is this is dry toast. If it were a yeah, movie, it was a very that scene. Why I liked it a good bit is because it was very these guys that made this movie watched a Bond movie multiple times and it was the villain introducing his plan sort of scene you know they darkened the lights a little bit and you know he's walking around with the confidence except in this movie it's the end of the movie you know because they have like I think at least four or five more movies Um, I think they only actually had two two? Oh then Oh, I thought the girl was in more than two, but that could have just been me flipping real fast through IMDb. The uh, daughter, Chloe. Um, Are you talking about not Lacey Chabert? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, there was Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force, and Left Behind 3, World at War. Okay, so three. But, yeah, it it's just, they, it was just, everything was, as good as that scene was, it was, you know, they drove it home more than they needed to, you know, it, the, the part that lost me in it was the whole hand gesture thing when he was, you know, manipulating their minds. Um, I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when it started going over the top. But as doing a scene like that, it wasn't as they could have done things to like make him look like Satan or something, you know. But no, they just made the normal looking guy get a little more sinister. Like didn't like any no shades of horns or anything. Like they could have went really bad. With that scene, I just figured Nikolai was the bad guy because his name is Nikolai. Sure, and sure. And he's just your <laughs> your run of the mill Russian, I guess, right? Nikolai. Uh, Romanian. Romanian. Oh, and you know what I just realized? What Haim? Is that the character's name? Haim. Haim Rosenzweig. Haim. He was in uh, Tommy Boy. He's one of the uh, he's one of the brake pad uh, buyers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when, he, when Tommy is talking to him about a building model. Uh, Building a little model airplane. We're not buying it. That's uh, and why do they put it on the box? I'll tell you why they put it on. The box. But uh, yeah, so that just made it a little more uh, interesting. This it goes up a, a notch. So we're at one. Sure. He's yeah. also in four episodes of Goosebumps. Is he now? He's the shopkeeper in Haunted Mask. Uh, one yeah, and he, two. He, he's been in a couple things, I think. He's been in a few. Yeah. I'm glad to see him. Yeah. Even yeah. Go, even better to remember him. <laughs> if, if he's, do you think he's still alive? Uh, let me see. If he. I, I would love to get so we, we on our list of people we want on our show. Number one is Malibu. Yep. And I want to have this. Number guy two on. is Jason Lively. Yeah, Jason Lively. <laughs> really, Jason, Jason Lively should be one. Malibu second. Yeah. But uh, I, I would like to have this guy on. <laughs> uh, he is still alive. Ooh. I mean, he sounds. He looks like he would have been on Seinfeld too. <laughs> I don't. I'm not seeing it, but yeah, I get that. Yeah, I. And the one thing going back to Ant's point with the uh, the way they refer to you know the Jews and the Arabs, um, I like how it's they with that stank. stank. You guys can't get over that. It's I, a, it, the coming off of his lips. It just sounds like he's saying a dirty word. I just imagine. I was imagining how much worse the second and third movies have to be about that. Yeah, I mean because they're both post nine eleven. Sure. Um, I'm probably that's probably pretty anti-Muslim, um, yeah. but this one is, uh, you know, part of this movie is evil scheming Jewish bankers. Yes, <laughs> not trying to 
bankrupt the world so they could control the world's food supply. <laughs> it's like it's not very subtle in the uh, the anti-Semitism. Yes, uh, and there's got to be a way. There's um there's plenty of ways to make a religious movie, a Christian movie, without resorting to uh, yeah. talk about how much the Jews are going to ruin the world. Um, yeah, and since you know one of the rare people to probably have seen Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. He does a good job there with just sticking to his own religion and not making, you know, too much of a point about, um, it's basically teaching, you know, so, I forget somebody in the, at the party about, you know, the story of Christmas, you know, really, it's not about the, the war on Christmas and how it has to that be, that is one guy, there's it has one to be saved, there's one guy that is like a conspiracy nut there. But um, most of it deals with, from what I remember, uh, one of the guys loses faith about Christmas. During Christmas time? Yeah, so that's the saving. Um, but yeah, there's a conspiracy guy that goes, hey man, there's a war on Christmas. Like, was Christmas what does Kirk Cameron say about that? Just blows him off. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Kirk Cameron's a little more progressive than I thought he was. You know, well, they play it off as this guy, he may be right, but he's a little crazy. Oh. <laughs> you know, but sort of like, that's the it's so minimal like this is just hammering over your head the entire time you know the, the one thing i the one thing that kind of bothers me about this movie now that i'm thinking about it so I, as i was watching it i thought you know this would be fun to kind of bash but it, it's really difficult to just find things to bash about it you know like anything that's out of the ordinary i guess mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, i'm struggling to think of yeah i kind of agree i just i just outright disliked it <laughs> right. There was nothing fun about it. Yeah. There was nothing to really pinpoint where you're just like, oh, you know, like they fucked up there, or they, they were. You could see they were having fun, but it just doesn't come across. Like, yeah. This was. I, I feel like Kirk Cameron was probably a terror on set. <laughs> he was like a Bradzilla. Yeah, you know, like it's it's got to be it's got to be this way. The dialogue has to be this way. And I wonder if he would handpick who would be on the crew. Oh, he absolutely would. Uh, just going back to his growing pain days when he had Erica Alaniac fired because she wasn't a believer. No, because she was on. She posed in Playboy. Oh shit! Man, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. You got to read up on your Kirk Cameron, man. Uh, I'll pass on that. <laughs> Respectfully. Yeah, and Candace Cameron Bure kind of hides it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. How do you think he feels about uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> he's he's probably like uh one of our lost lambs yeah this guy living living the best life out of everybody lost lamb needs to come find jesus do you think he still messages him or tries to reach out to him like, <laughs> probably sends man. him his book or something like that he, he i feel like he would be a certain friend of ours who would just show up in a random weekend and try to pray for your soul <laughs> it's entirely possible i want to help you man come on yeah <laughs> I don't want yeah. to get this too. Uh... And, this, and this movie, if you take it with no religious context, is a very bland, you know, like forgettable uh, thriller and thriller in quote. Yeah, you know? that's, I'd you say, know. thriller. But here's you the know. question why do, why do we need a Christian thriller movie? Can't they just, can't we just do Heaven is for Real all the time? You know? Uh, I will. We can, or. You can only imagine, you know, stories about Christian rock songs. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining because there are, there are some people, and you've pointed out Kirk Cameron's affiliations, um, that are very um, into the Book of Revelation and everything into it. And 
they just want to see that on screen. You know, that they are the true, they know this is coming, you know, everyone else is dumb, this is what it's going to be, you better change your mind about your faith or this will what'll be what happens to you. Yeah, Christians sort of need to pump the brakes a little bit. But that's <laughs> yeah. the, like, real Christians like that, they only know that one speed. You know, it's yeah. either, it's it's my way or the highway kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, the, Christians are supposed to be very tolerable, you know, obviously all about respecting and loving thy neighbor. These things are so anti that message, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, and, and don't get us wrong throughout this thing, you know, we don't hate the idea of Christianity. It's just this sect. Stop yeah. putting words in my mouth, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Ant Mark hates is, all Christians. Right. Mark is right. Like I said before, uh, we may, we're going to bash it, and deservedly so at times, but it doesn't mean whatever you believe, you believe. I just, there's so many Kirk Camerons out there in the world where, you know, they'll shove it down your throat, and you know, we have, basically have that person as our leader right now. You know, it's whether or not he truly ah. believes it. <laughs> Whether or not he truly believes it, but he'll he'll go to bat for someone like him. Um, here's a question: What would what would you do to make this movie better? I was gonna bring that up, and I, I you know I really thought hard about it. Uh, there is nothing that I could think of. I mean, maybe now that I know there's a Nicolas Cage version, I'd say probably add Nicolas Cage. But <laughs> I, like, what can you possibly do to make something like this better? You, know, you I guess you take away all the all the, the the messages that this movie is portraying. Yeah. So I have two thoughts on that. one. You take away all the religious um, uh, propaganda is probably the right word for it. You need to have some religion in it if you're going to tell a rapture antichrist story. Like you need that in there, or, or it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but you don't need the stuff like the scenes where they're talking about. Well, you know, like the girl opens the Bible and it says, "God loves you as much as I do." Happy birthday. You know. You don't need right. that stuff. You can take that stuff out and still um, have a pretty good base of a story. Um, and then add better actors. Might be what the Nicolas Cage version, does. you know. Just add better actors. Keep a general framework of the story. Mm-hmm. Maybe make the reveals a little less obvious to things, even though many people know the story, you know, in, in sure. its base forms. But just get better actors, better writer in terms of dialogue. And just keep the keep the the framework of this story um, can work as a movie. As I haven't seen the Nicolas Cage version, so I don't know if it already it doesn't did. work. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it's well, it's somehow slightly worse, but less okay, less I, uh, offensive. I okay. think I, going back to this is the end. I think this works better as a comedy and not as a uh, as a, a thriller because if, if you're really sticking to your guns that this is the rapture and Jesus took these people or God took these people how can you what like what can you make how can you make it a thriller you know you're you're already saying that this is it's divine and as a comedy it works because now, now you have all these bad people trying to they want to go up now they want to get raptured and they're just trying to survive so being a comedy is more fitting and I, i'm not saying that you know this is the end was great it, it, i liked it but in terms of if you're like again if you're sticking I, to that i think that is the better way to go yeah i'm talking more in the sense that if you sort of reverse the reveals in this and sort of you build the first part of the movie as the build up to the antichrist part 
with right. the with the food and the, the the building of the temple and the evil UN guy. And then right before his plan is revealed and all that, that's when the rapture happened, you know. And then the guy puts everything together from what he's learned, you know, throughout the, you know, movie in terms of if you're doing a reporter um, uh, like they do in this. Um, you can get a better movie, maybe not a great movie, but by doing the rapture first, then like Dan said, everybody that's left is supposed to be a bad person. And at that point, the only time, you, only way you can redeem them is by doing the ham-fisted religion stuff and them finding a way to become better people. And that's not always fun unless you're making right. a comedy. Yeah. Um, but um, in a serious thing, it needs to, the reveal uh, and the rapture need to happen in close proximity to each other and not on two completely different ends of the movie. Or I just, just in my opinion, trying to find something, you know, the the literal grasping at straws. <laughs> my my suggestion is to replace Kirk Cameron with Alex Jones and just have him go nuts. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if you want to take the civic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, make this movie better by having better actors. Yeah. Absolutely, and that actor is Alex Jones. Now, I want to hear him scream. Go... I want to hear him scream about turning the frogs gay. Well, he yeah, is. A, he is an Those globalists over at the UN. Uh, he, <laughs> that's, he does. He does play a character on his podcast, according to him. There you go. You turn Kirk Cameron into a uh, far right podcaster. J. Jonah Jameson. Name Alex Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's the one that's going to save the world. Oh, God. No. Don't take the Lord's name in vain in this episode. <laughs> well, is it possible where we could just throw this all away, maybe? not And just <laughs> forget that it ever happened? Would that make it better? <laughs> this, this movie or this podcast episode? <laughs> uh, oof. I, I mean... Yeah, I'm going to be honest, this isn't our best work. But look at the source material, man. It, it will... gives us nothing. So for for anyone that's listening, you've probably noticed that we're not really going through the plot that much because I kind of refused to watch this a second time. <laughs> um, I just did not enjoy this movie one bit. Um, yeah. I mean, we've we've watched movies that we haven't liked. Uh, I specifically did not like this movie. And maybe it's my own biases towards uh, overly religious people. I don't have a problem with religion in general just uh people that take it a little too far like kirk cameron um yeah this one was a stinker just in general and when you take away all the christianity stuff too it's just not a good movie yeah super bland and i think that's one of the things that we're just we're we're struggling with too is that just it's there's really nothing to to cling to um there's not sweet mullets and sweet kicks like in uh in time cop (laughs) Or over yeah. the edge. Yeah, yeah, really the only memorable make fun of scenes. Dan already mentioned most of them, and then I mentioned the, the other one in my bit, is when the deacon throws the ball and hits that cross at the right spot that it falls like it does. Oh, one thing I thought was funny was when we first see that they leave behind all their clothes. Yes. And, like, right. and the, old, the old guy's clothes are just like, they look like really stiff, and they're just there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right I'm like oh can you take this i think he might have gone without his clothes cameron's just like okay I'm gonna sure. go check. yeah yeah uh there's probably an old naked man in the bathroom but that i'm just gonna say hey what's up you're right in there <laughs> it's, uh, i don't know man not that i want not that i want this podcast to end it's just you could you could only do so much 
yeah. this kind of material. And you, uh, maybe, again, we're not professionals here. Maybe a, maybe a funnier person out there could really stretch that out. But sure, th- I think they'd be hard-pressed, honestly, if they, if they watched this. It would just be, you know, like, oh, yeah, well, Kirk Cameron's a fucking weirdo. Well, let's go after him, you know? And, and to me, that's low-hanging. Sure. I'm yeah. sure How Did This Get Made can make a better episode than we're making right now. <laughs> I, but, and here's the thing. You watch it, and you, you try to take mental notes, but it's just, it, it's kind of mind-numbing, and you're you're sitting there like, so, all right, so what do, what do I point out here? You know, the, the, the villain's a bland villain. Uh, Kirk Cameron is bland, just in general. And, you, and if you know about him, then you know what he's, you know what he's trying to convey, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's not out of the normal. If, if Kirk Cameron was trying to do something out of the normal, then yeah, you can probably riff on it a little bit better, but this is run-of-the-mill Kirk Cameron. Sure. I'll say one thing that will make... Uh, I'll go back to what we were talking about and what would make this movie better. I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit because I kind of gave a joke answer. Um, I think if they spent more time on the pilot storyline, um, it would have been a little bit more interesting, at the very least between him and uh, Hattie's character. Uh, kind of maybe... Maybe play up that more a little bit, kind of show that relationship more and then have him start to turn away from that relationship into the good book after a while. Kind of extend that a little bit, kind of see his transformation from a godless heathen to a uh, repentant uh, shepherd, let's call him. (laughs) Right, he, he becomes more... Like right, he, he's the one that tells his, his daughter, like, oh, you know, this is the way. I, I know it sounds silly, but this is what happened, and he becomes a true believer. And sure, I, I think at the end, he's the one that kind of invites Kirk Cameron into his flock. Sure, yeah, um, it's kind of weird, like, because they start off the whole the whole movie. Um, there is a rift between him and his wife, and they never really, they never overtly say what the what the um, problem is between them until she goes away. It was like the, the daughter comes out and she's just like, she's just talking about like, you have to be nicer to mom or blah, 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 you know, try, try seeing things from her side or whatever. And then like, you don't even know what she's talking about. And then you realize that after she's gone and have, has been raptured that I guess he just kind of makes fun of her that she's religious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, even, even after that is, is that really an excuse? I, mean, I don't think he goes in that hard on her, right? He just said he thought it was silly that she goes to church all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has the one line where he says that uh, the reason I was upset is because I didn't want her to need something more than she needed me. He was like, if you're at church, who's sucking this dick? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's a direct quote. Yeah. I remember that And now. it turns out it was Hattie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're the stewardess. She, and So that's Kirk Cameron's wife. She's not bad looking. I'll give him Chelsea that. Noble. Yep. Yeah, she, yep. she was she was an actress. Bad. She was in an episode of Full House as well as Growing Pain. Uh-huh. She played one of Uncle Jesse's girlfriends back in the early episodes. What do you, what do you think she thinks of uh, Aunt Becky right now? Ooh. She's just sipping her tea, man. <laughs> it's just none of my sipping business. that tea. <laughs> <laughs> Judging hard as shit. Oh man, that's you know they do that. You know Kirk Cameron, whatever the fuck her name is, I've already forgotten. <laughs> You're you know they judge the hell out of the Hollywood the... elite. <laughs> Lori Laughlin is a Hollywood elite. Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, maybe... yeah, Kirk and Cameron, Candace sit at the dinner table, talk about Lori Laughlin. 
Oh yeah, that's probably that like part. Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner with her uh, with their sister. Oh, reading the news today, Aunt Becky is uh, pleading not guilty. Just sips her tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I always knew she was a troublemaker, even on uh, Full House. I can you think tell. There, you think there's like competitiveness between people that were in like '80s sitcoms? Uh, in terms of what, like being just relevant in general? Still, or... Yeah, they're just gen- just general like that. Like when something fucked up happens like that i mean i think it depends on the actors really right. because i'm trying to think of like i don't think bob saget really cares <laughs> like you think scott Bayo when he saw that like rebecca remain stamos and john stamos were getting divorced he was just like oh look at that looks like some <laughs> tough times in uncle jesse's house today not uh, such a full house now is it <laughs> yeah uh sure i i think scotty Bayo or scott Bayo was he's petty i'm sure he's do, very... do you know him personally dan Scotty, uh, Scotty Bayo. Scotty, yeah, that's what we called him. When, uh, we, we played handball, you know. He always used to go by Scotty, uh, and he was such a cheater. No, um, sure, sure, and I think that's just human nature, you know. Uh, I think these guys, I think these guys, maybe back in the day, because to be honest, he was. Would you say he was a, a, heart, a heartthrob back in the day? Got Bayo? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So these guys, they had that that mentality, like, uh, you know, like, oh, this this. You know, Stamos comes around like, oh, this this punk coming up. Who does he think he is? You know, with his slick back hair, and his I'm chachi jacket. Yeah, I'm chachi, motherfucker. <laughs> Although I should say that Scott Bayo did make a guest appearance on Full House as one of Uncle Jesse's old friends. Yeah. So th- there's definitely some animosity. It's all there. connected. All this stuff is connected to John Stamos. <laughs> there it is. It's all connected, man. But, but, John uh, Stamos yeah. is the Antichrist. He's trying to rebuild the Jewish temple in the Holy Land. He's Greek? Yep. Okay, he's, he's Greek. <laughs> you gotta watch out for those Greeks, man. Uh, yeah. But but then, so in that in that vein, do you, do you think they talk about, again, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at all? Probably. Right? Yeah. He, he probably right, sends him fa- pamphlets all the time. <laughs> sends him pamphlets in the mail. God damn it, Kirk. I'm trying to bang all these supermodels. Jesus. <laughs> You're really killing my vibe right now. Yeah, the supermodels come over and they just see like the junk mail piling up, and it's all just pamphlets of Christianity, and they're just like, "Ooh, maybe I don't want to fuck this guy." <laughs> that Besides was the plan fact all along. Like Forty-five, kind of chubby. It's the dad bod, man. <laughs> Respect the dad bod. This is in the, this is a this is a male a male. Uh, damn it! What's the uh, what's the meme? <laughs> I know it's peak male performance. This is peak male performance. You may not like it, but this is. <laughs> yeah. Good. Where? What do you think? Have does everybody show up in heaven naked? I think yes. In my opinion, you go however you decide to show up. So if I wanted to show up when I was nineteen and still had hair, that's how I would show up. But then, like, imagine you're talking how about long... like after you're raptured. Yes. Yeah, because. I, I really don't like say. Hopefully, I live to the ripe old age of you know, in eighties, nineties, whatever. I would hate to spend eternity as a ninety. <laughs> yeah, that would but, suck. So, so now that always made me wonder. So, Aunt, say you go like you're a good guy. You've done nice things. You do this podcast. It helps the world out. And God decides. You know what, Anthony? You're coming to heaven. You get to decide how you want to enter. And you're like, I want to. I want to enter in my twenties. You know. And then Lynn decides, you know, I want to enter into my 60s. Oh, no. Let's, 
That's weird, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. why'd you do that? Like, why would you pick 60s? Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, you know, I liked my 60s. It was fun, and blah, blah, blah. But no one does that, right? It's got to be, heaven has to be full of spry, young people. People at, what, their peak male performance? or Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? right? No one would want to go in in their old age form. Yeah, it's, I, it's would, an... I would think that. Yeah. Right. I I'd be so mad at Jen if she did that. What, what are you doing, huh? Come on. She's like, I don't have to worry about periods no more. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. I'm, menop- I'm menopausal. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, I don't want this to get into the not safe for work category yeah. again. Yeah, the the uh, yeah oh, heavens full of guys and their natural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he- heaven's full of guys in their 20s and women in their 60s. That's... <laughs> and then they're just all the guys are just super. Dis- Aww, come on. <laughs> How am I supposed to enjoy eternity now? God, jeez. You know, it's. I, I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you see what you want to see when you go yeah. there, right? So, like, I want to see my wife smoking hot and, and and all that good stuff, you know. And but maybe she sees me as I am now, bald. And I have the beard, whatever. But I, it's, it's. I think that would be the best way to describe it. It's probably you, totally wrong. It's like yeah. you just go and you fucking you died. You missed, like if you were decapitated, you fucking you're carrying your head or whatever. Yeah. If you get hit by a bus, you're just eternally Flat. getting hit by a bus. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. That's not bad though. Yeah. That I could mean... be fun. It's like oh fuck, Mark got you know he died in a plane crash and you're just constantly <laughs> on fire or whatever. Yeah. It's alarming. It's a good story, right? <laughs> it's like the old, was it Patton Oswalt joke where he goes that if he is going to go, you know, he wants to go in the apocalypse. That's because right. Because then, he, then he'll he'll have the stories when someone walks up to him in heaven and goes, how'd you die? The in the fucking apocalypse. apocalypse? There were Avalor bats Dean's walking around head. and shit. Avalorine's head showed up over a fucking volcano. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I got hit by a bus, or I was eaten by fire ants. How did you die? The motherfucking apocalypse. That, that's a good point. So we just basically ripped off Pat Oswalt. Yeah, I think. So, so it's either, I'm hoping it's either column A where you go in as you wish to go in, or it's as you died. And hopefully if you die, it's something fucking epic. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the way I'd want to go. Either... Young and beautiful, or in some crazy way. So, I guess at this point, it's some crazy way. <laughs> There's a hail of gunfire. And whenever and whenever you're drinking a, a heaven cocktail, it just spurts out of the holes. Although, assuming if you go down in a hail of gunfire, you're probably doing something bad, right? Probably what if you were, what if robbing you were the, a bank. What if you were the good guy with a? It's <laughs> a good point, Mark. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> well, now, now for the second half of the podcast, we will debate gun control. Yep. <laughs> it's going to get serious. First, we, our first part, we tackled theology, and now we're going after uh, ethics. Yeah, oh, like, as you like, we just we ran out of steam. <laughs> yeah, but still at about 50 minutes, so and we'll I, do I think what we that, do. I think, if, if I may, I don't, you know, I don't want to rag on our podcast, obviously. I think we kind of picked up a little bit of steam towards the, the second half once we decided to talk about how we get into heaven. <laughs> and that's what that's what you get with the left behind podcast sorry guys i was away my dog was drinking for a good 30 seconds right behind me so and it's more interesting than the uh yeah he was, he a good sta- drink. was he staring you dead in the eye while he was doing it like he knew what he was doing sort of i think the whole <laughs> comment about him not having a soul kind of uh yeah he's like i heard you <laughs> fucker yeah I, oh, honestly blame, I, Bailey, I, blame kirk cameron 
I just I want to go where my dogs go. Yeah, that's, that's and we've we're big lovers of dogs on this podcast, except for Mark. Yeah. He hates it. Well, awesome. there's well, there's two there's two competing theories. You have the the uh, the nonfiction documentary All Dogs Go to Heaven, and then in this movie, there's dogs running around after the rapture, just so, fucking shit up. So, or are they the bad dogs? Well, they were the bad dogs, right? They're not. They're, they're, the, they're not the good boys. <laughs> those are the those are the dogs that are scheming globalists. <laughs> cats and dogs, yeah. or cats versus dogs. They're trying to bankrupt the world so they could yeah. control the dog food supply. There were no cats. Good All point. cats when they got raptured. Yeah, yeah. So after all this the time, Christ, and they're in hell. After all this time, do we find out Kirk Cameron is a cat guy? Ooh, he loves the cat. Makes me hate him even more now. Um, <laughs> uh, I did mention that uh, Janae Stevens, not Lacey Chabert, and that's because actually Lacey Chabert was hired for this movie for that role, and then found out for scheduling conflicts. Good for her. Sure, she read the script again. <laughs> yeah. oh, choice. Geez. Although she did go on to star in. Christian Mingle the movie. Mingle the movie. Yeah. Surprisingly not sponsored by Christian. Right. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. it is yeah. of no really relation. Really weird. Yeah. So, so weird. I nah, hope I... someone got sued for that. It's probably her. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, funny. This girl is going on and actually done some non-Christian movies. She was in Death Ride, whatever that movie is Death called? Race. Death yeah. Race, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she's she was on like a lot of TV spots. She was on that canadian show flashpoint that's about like a swat team oh is that canadian yeah or is it shot in canada probably i i only saw it on ion so i'm oh. assuming it's canadian i mean i might be wrong is ion is ion canadian well they bring a lot of canadian shows over oh Ion, you crazy yeah because you can always tell by they, i don't know if the word's cleaner but it, it just has a different look to it the production uh, are you, you talking know, about like they spell favor with an OU? No, 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 no. When you're actually looking at the thing, for some reason, it looks like I, I guess it's the, maybe to a more dramatic effect, you know, the difference between film and digital. Sure. But in another, like within the digital realm, there's a cleaner version. Maybe it's shot at a different hertz or something. I don't know. Maybe it's in the post production process. Yeah, the process. Yeah. Only they would know about it. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I'm tapped out, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say, all right, I think we have talked all we are going to talk about left behind the movie. All right. Time for Bible uh, trivia? Bible oh, trivia coming at you. No, I have no <laughs> trivia once again today. Uh, it's been quite wild at work. So, uh, no chance to find some trivia. Um, yeah, this is left behind the movie. Um, I did not have any notes for it. So that is kind of why we kind of did a free form episode this, uh, this, year, this week. Um, and let us never speak of Left Behind the movie ever again. Um, as mentioned, it is a Rotten Tomato score of 16 and IMDb 4.6 out of 10. Um, you guys, for some, for some reason, it has four stars on Amazon. Well, that's that's like the Wild West out there. We don't yeah. talk about Amazon. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos is a uh, big time Christian. Big time Christian. Although now he's divorced, so he ain't getting raptured. He's gonna be stuck with us. He can't buy his way into heaven. Oh, I don't well, think. I, I'm getting raptured. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm most certainly getting. Yeah, me probably not. Um, you guys got any plugs? Uh, yeah. And hit me up on the Twitter. Aquino 122 uh, You can also follow our uh, Real Play D&D podcast on there, Stranger at Stranger Damies. And that's all I really have. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and 
I'll dive into a little bit more of the plug that I normally do. Uh, we have, uh, you know, at Strange, Stranger Damies, you know, the Twitter account runs there. We also have the Instagram, uh, which has a lot of drawings from, um, you know, Jenny, who plays our, our high elf druid. Um, she wrote a mini comic on there or drew a mini comic, I should say. Oh, uh, yeah, from one of our past episodes. So, yes. so be sure to check that out. That's really awesome. Um, but the podcast itself um, airs every Wednesday. Um, with the rare occasion when it's a Thursday, if, if we run into technical difficulties um, or life issues. But um, it normally comes out on Wednesdays. Just follow the Twitter account for if there's any delays. Um, we're finishing up um, the session before the one we just had on Sunday. So you'll find out some pretty big reveals coming up in the next episode um, next week. Um, this week, we're just setting the table for all that. So be sure to listen and... Um, you know, everybody's starting to come into their stride and learning their characters, so it's starting to get fun um, in terms of uh, the... Finally. Yeah. <laughs> starting it's to get finally fun. finally fun. <laughs> oh, hey, I was going to say, I've been having fun for a while. Yeah, meaning yeah. more... Mark, the... are you not having fun? Oh, I hate it every <laughs> did single we, time. Did we find out that our DM actually hates doing this? <laughs> you didn't catch that by when I yelled at you for making me name the two guards in the last session? <laughs> No, I, I thought you. I thought you were no. all happy. No, no. What I meant is more, um, as you as you've watched other shows like Critical Role and you know all the stuff on Roll Twenty or I'm sorry, Role Play. You know, there comes a point where everybody sort of gets to know their characters, which I think this session that is airing now, um, is, and it just you know all the dialogue when it's not between me and you guys or in a battle, um, is just finally getting to that point where I don't have to say, hey, do you guys want to talk? You know, right. too often you're just in it. And and I think this is, this is where the, the jumping off point comes when we're, you know, into the into the meat of the of this arc of the story. So be sure to listen. It, it gets really good coming up. Uh, yeah, uh, we, should probably, we should probably talk about or at least mention. I know we say it at the beginning, but and is, is there anything to say about are who, who we're partnering with do we have yeah anything? we're uh we're now part of geek vibes nation proud partner um i do not have episodes coming up with them i know they did episode on game of thrones uh, i guess last week um for rain you were not able to join that because i was super busy with work and yeah. mark does not watch it as was dan was also very busy yeah stupid masters who watches the masters this is all tiger woods fault i could have been talking about game of thrones it is, yeah. yeah. Tiger Woods had to Bucking. make a comeback. Fucking yeah. Tiger. Yeah, and if you want to see me uh, discuss Spider-Man Homecoming, I am on the Geeks Against the Grain episode yes. on the feed for that. That's, uh, and so, uh, sooner rather than later, one uh, either us, uh, either myself or Dan will wind up on an episode yes. when, when work doesn't get so insane. Right. Uh, and I, but it's been a very hectic week. I wish, I really wish we could just make this our job, but unfortunately, no one's paying us yet. Yeah, you could send money to us. We don't have That's a Patreon, true. but you, I take cash. Right, Venmo, you know. Yeah. You know I, also do, I also take checks, yeah. yeah absolutely. And I'm, you know, it's now that Anthony was saying that he probably isn't going to get raptured, don't send him the money. Send me the money because I am going to be raptured, so that means I'm a good know. person. I don't know. Send me the money because I'm going to need it when I'm stuck out, stuck here. But I'll That's be able true. to. Dis- you can't take it with you. It. There's literally a statement: you can't take it with you. But I'm not so going to. If I'm still tomorrow, here, 
planning. I don't know. It could happen at any time, man. <laughs> so how about this? And Israel still stands. I and, <laughs> and the globalists run the the UN. How about I give you my bank account? I'll give you the information, and when I become raptured, it's all yours. I don't know. I feel like you're going to trick me. Yeah, there's not going to be anything in it. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> that son of a bitch. I'll be laughing down from <laughs> me and my super felt 19-year-old body. And your 60-year-old wife. And my 60-year-old wife. <laughs> You're getting it on in heaven. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Sorry that you have to picture me as 19 nailing my 60-year-old. <laughs> Can't unsee it now. Next time she comes to the... Uh... <laughs> Stranger Damie session, you're all, you're just going to be looking at Jen, 60 years old. 60 years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when we end up being 60 years old, in the back of my head, if my memory is not gone, all of a sudden I'm going to see you guys together and just go, ugh. Yeah. And she's going to have no reason. She, she has no idea why. Mark Sorry. is really pessimistic of what he's going to be like when he's 60. Yeah. <laughs> my mind's not gone. You. Well, that's the only way I would forget this if my mind is true point. No, I'm hoping you forget it immediately. I probably will. I yeah. would. If I didn't take notes in the session, or if I didn't listen back to every episode, I'd probably forget things. You know, you know what I'm gonna do now. Next time I see you at the session, I'm gonna like mouth it to you, 16 years old, <laughs> and, and it's just gonna throw you through a loop. I should, good. I should, I should just have a a character now that um that that is the way they tried to explain the religion to you. <laughs> Whatever religion you run into. When oh, you die, you become 19 years old and bang your 60-year-old significant <laughs> other. That's a weird religion, man. And only three of us in the room will get the joke. Oh, it's great. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so we are, they call this movie. You could find us on any podcast service. Just stream, uh, just search for They Call This Movie. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcast streaming app that you might have. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're both, we're pretty active on Twitter and Facebook uh, and Instagram. Just you know, they call this a movie. Just oh, actually no, that's not they call this movie. It's a uh, the main Damie. Um, so just look for the main Damie on any of those places. Um, we are the main And if you have any questions or comments, if you hated this episode because we badmouth religion <laughs> or just really had no direction at all in this one, uh, hit us up on email at themaindamie at gmail.com. Uh, and I am at Ant Delvec. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, the director of Left Behind the Movie is Vic Sarin. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Vic Sarin to please go fuck himself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.